What's up, everybody? DJ, where are you, brother? Yeah! <laughs> he's he's there. He's somewhere oh, there. Oh, wait. I think I... Hold on. I got uh, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> hold on. I got to change my microphone. I think in, that's what's up. Incredible. So. Well, welcome to Calling All Beings, everybody. Happy... Uh, what day is it? Tuesday? Tuesday? That's right. Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's doing well. It's great to be with you this week. We've got our illustrious co-host here, DJ. Uh, we're doing a little costume wardrobe change. He'll be back with us in a moment. And the uh, wonderful and amazing and, and sonorous Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm good, man. It's a, it's a fireside chat night, which I love. Uh, the weather outside is amazing. At least it is where I am. So it's been a great day and looking forward to an amazing conversation. Yeah, me too. I've been looking uh, forward to this one all day for sure. Um, I, I'm glad DJ is doing a wardrobe change as mm -hmm. opposed to a wardrobe malfunction. Yes. Uh, much better. And uh, yeah, just uh, waiting to get started. I think, you know, for the sake of our audience, uh, it's important that he be properly dressed for the occasion so typically uh, yes fully yes. clothed preferably yes i don't know maybe we'll get a request for a show like that at some point and i don't know you know he might be willing to oblige we'll see um we've got some great guests tonight matt while we're working on dj's uh, technical stuff i want to go ahead and get get them on stage and get this conversation started because i'm really excited to jump in so we've got science bob and lala bright two amazing people in the ufo community that I think most people are familiar with and and know and have interacted with in some degree on Twitter. Uh, but we've also been following along with uh, both the growth of their relationship and the experiences that they've been sharing. And I know folks have a lot of questions about what they're seeing and hearing and interacting with. So hopefully we're going to get into some of that today. Um, but I know now that he's back, he will want to do his signature introduction. So DJ, welcome back. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you do what you do best and bring these folks on to a warm welcome. Party people, put those hands together for the love couple, somebody we admire and respect. A PhD-O-double-G from Brown University. Put your hands together for Science Bob and La La Bright, baby! Woo! Can I get an amen? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Welcome. What is up, brother and sister? We are so happy to be here. Yeah. Yes. We, you know what? I made the rookie error, brother Bob. I had, I was looking at Nathan's um, YouTube uh, that he put up because he always writes stuff about the guest. And in doing so, I had double audio coming in and the timing was off. So, rookie mistake, I hope you'll forgive that and not send me to uh, 
you know, to the Death Eaters, I guess, where the, what they would do in Harry Potter. It's remedial and podcaster school. That's what we're I'm doing. sucking the life out of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and then am I going to Mordor right after? <laughs> right after the Just Eye of Sauron is upon you. Give him the boot. I love- <laughs> You're done. You're going into Mount Doom. <laughs> I love it, man. You guys are gonna be all kinds of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna reopen my notes here that when I restarted the computer for fear to clear out any of the the gremlins that may have been inside. Uh, and you know, I really when I I think about uh, you two and I see the uh, the vibrant colors that you post, it, it resonates with me. And the co-conspirator of this joint that you see at the bottom of the screen, Money Nathan. And it's just there's so much love that you're putting out to the universe. And I think it's just indicative of the love between you two. And it's very, very inspiring. So uh, thank you for posting that stuff, Bob. I, I, I see it. And uh, and it makes me feel good. You know, it's just like Nathan's AI artwork that says all these colors. So thank you. Well, I'm inspired by... The unbelievable artist sitting next to me. So Lala Bright, the, the UFO community does not know of her art ability, but they will shortly. So look, she she, she does all sorts of things, but in the but let me brag about one because I love to brag on. <laughs> She's a face painter. Now a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's you know really truly fancy artwork makeup. But Lala Bright has done face painting on kids at the White House twice. She's a, art, she's a serious artist, does watercolor, acrylic, oil, whatever, and people will get to know that side of her stuff. I'm going to say this, Lala. You have met a podcast host here who needs some paint on his damn face to cover up what's happening. And then maybe I won't have to wear these glasses, okay? All right, so just get, oh, yeah. get some brushes she out. She can work some miracles, man. Add some waves. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I, actually, I'm 110 years old, and she put makeup on me just before we came on. Damn, I'm gonna tell you what, man. Then she definitely needs to go to work on this grill right here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you got to meet uh, Money Nathan and our new one of our newest additions to Cab, Matt Knapp, a uh, Bigfoot researcher out of Oklahoma. We're extremely happy and proud to have him join the team. And Debs, who you know should be joining us later. This girl works oh, so damn great. hard. Yes, she's yes. on the way. I, I, we, look, you, it is not possible in this short amount of time we have on this podcast to explain to you the importance of her to us. Don't you want to say that? Deb Shakti's coming. Oh my on. God, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Deb is, Deb is so dope, man. Talk, so talk, about, talk about something she's done for you, if you would. Just anything. She's magical. I swear, every time I speak with her, something paranormal happens and they love her and and she's the sweetest you could like rob a bank and she'd be like okay but nobody got hurt right i actually have and uh, she was really she was really great about it yeah (laughs) she 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 did she did our regression so in my regression Mm. uh i'm laying on the bed all hypnotized and stuff talking some crazy stuff which i've loved uh, and outside we have these security cameras and they were disabled because it was daytime. Hmm. Well, the security camera came on and recorded a clear, uh, 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 invisible predator walking across our deck. Mm-hmm. Wow. Totally clear. I mean, I'd be like... the, the rippling moves and you could see that it was a humanoid. 
and it mm. walked across the deck, but you couldn't see, you see it. You could see the background through it wiggling. You could see it shake. Wow. I'm talking exit stage left if I see that. That's yeah, all that's I got to say. After. Oh, it was long after. It was gone and not there, but it was on the video recording. I have a feeling, though, you're talking about a different Deb than our Deb. Our Deb met you at the symposium. Oh, I'm sorry. I She's you meant Deb Shakti. Sorry. No, this lady is Deb's. We I call her. Deb. I did meet Deb. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, she's been with us. She has her own show called Deb's Data Dojo, and she's been with us, you know, almost since the beginning. We probably were about five episodes in by the time we brought her on. So she's amazing. Deep, uh, deep apologies to them for my making a mistake. Well, That's you know, okay. I, it's okay. Cause I, you, as the person you described sounds a lot like sounds the dead that like we that. know. So we, we felt like it was right on the money. Right on the money. Nathan. Yeah. Right so, on the money. Yes. Okay, Thanks for so covering for me, brother. Yeah, no worries, a, no worries. Quick story about Deb before I ask you the before I uh, have you participate in our cab uh, study of UFO PhDs that these two know that we're doing. But so Deb goes to a restaurant with her family there in in Baltimore area, and the waiter tells her that it's an older restaurant that is haunted, and he goes, "Yeah, we have a problem with a haunting in the bathroom upstairs." Deb, being Deb, is like. Oh, I got this, man. <laughs> you know, little Don Knotts pull up on the trousers. I'm going to go upstairs and handle this. She goes upstairs, goes in the bathroom. The door swings closed on, it, on its own, and she's like, okay, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Investigation over. I'm going back to my shrimp cocktail. <laughs> so I, I can tell you, she, she would be like Amy Allen. She'd hmm. stand outside the building and say, hmm. I see this stuff going on here, and here's what I think it is. Let me see if I can handle this. And she will go in or she won't based on what she sees. Mm -hmm. But uh, spirits are spirits. They're not, whether they're E.T. or a ghost, she'll let her tell you. She, she talks to all of them. I, I don't, I can't, Amy Allen, you know, people, I, I don't, the more people don't know her, the stuff she does is amazing, and, and how she's able to gather the entire history on a property and the people in it while not having gone to you know City Hall and pulled the records is pretty amazing. Anybody out there, Amy Allen, I can't remember the name of that show on Travel Dead Channel. Files. Mm -hmm. Dead File. She's amazing, her and her partner. Um, let's Steve get into our... Steve? Steve yeah. Deshabi. He's the cop Deshabi. from New York yep. that does all the stuff that confirms what she sees. You know, Bob, if only you were a little more on your game. This guy has no information, Nathan. I mean, what are we doing here? All right, so <laughs> all right, so um, we have this study that Cab is doing, and it was based on an innocuous question to Dr. Jeff Kripal, which then went to Dr. Sean S. Bjorn-Hargens, which then went to Dr. Gary Nolan, and now to Dr. Bob Science, Bob McGuire. So, well, well that's, that's August Company, and I know all of them, and they know me, so let's, I, hope, I hope I don't embarrass them. Oh, not at all. I don't think you can in this one. Um, so the question is about your preference in potato chips. And we're trying to see, we're gathering data, trend data, on the potato chip preferences of UFO PhDs. There so, we go. so we're going to give you a couple of choices here. Are you a sea salt only chip, either ridged or not ridged chips? Are you a seasoned chip person? That would be B. Or are you C, uh, are you sort of omni-chip, or what did, what did one of our, our guests called it, poly-chip? So uh, what is your preference in potato chip science, Bob? C, poly-chip. Oh, my goodness, Nathan. 
Should we release the data, or do you think we need to have this peer reviewed? And uh, I, I mean, we uh, this is getting pretty compelling, DJ. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> three for three on the potato chips. We, well, you have there is there is an outlier, doctor. Is. in this in this cohort? There uh, is. And, uh, you know, you could guess who it might be, but uh, it. I, th- yeah, I he's, think we. Sh- should we withhold until we get to Dr. Pasulka? Maybe we should. Maybe we should okay. just uh, for right. our final findings. But so far, we've got some pretty strong correlative evidence to look at here. This is, this is big. <laughs> All I mean, Bob, is there? Is there? I, I just want to. I just want to make, make sure because I, I I like a lot of chips too. Okay, I, I'm a big chip fan. But is there a chip you wouldn't eat? Because like for me, I and I'll 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 go out there. I'll put myself out there. I don't like the salt and vinegar. I know that's controversial. Some people I love eat them. the salt and vinegar like it was popcorn thrown in the air. I'm serious. I love salt and vinegar chips. But I eat barbecue. I eat Charles chips. I eat all flavored chips. Dill pickle chips. I've eaten like dill pickle. Yeah. Wow. He. This is a true poly chip. It's true. He is polyamorous when it comes to chips. Love it. Yeah. So there's no question. Polychipperous. Um, polychipperous. <laughs> there we go. Nailed it. Really be careful with that word polyamorous. I do not oh. want to get hung when we're right. <laughs> I said I qualified yeah. it, Bob, when it comes to chips. <laughs> you love you love multiple <laughs> types of chips. That's fair. All right. Um, I'm gonna get to my first serious question. I know you thought that the potato chip one was serious, Bob, but it actually wasn't. Uh, that was our um, uh, that was our our our, our opening icebreaker. Um, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, now to all right. I'm gonna get serious now. Here I go, Nathan. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So, uh, Bob, what I'm curious about, having listened to you again, it it, it was very um, inspiring to hear. Um, I I don't know. I, I mean, I had heard you before you. Uh, you you met Lala and after, and I'm curious, in what ways has the framework through which you view or study the phenomenon shifted as a result of your meeting and becoming acquainted with Lala? Okay, so that's that's really... I, I'll just go through the story, and you, you guys can tell me to cut off or say, oh, that's enough. But anyway, let's discuss the entire story is interesting. So uh, I'm going to jump to the beginning of my serious interaction with paranormal and, mm-hmm. and UFOs was me requesting in 2019 to go visit Chris Bledsoe. So I went and visited Chris, and I left there with a hitchhiker. We saw UFOs, orbs, critters, uh, flashbulbs in the air, purple auras, and I got photos of all, all the stuff and videos. So Chris, Chris did something, and the person who went with me came home uh, they had right side weakness and dro- almost drove their foot from a stroke. And two weeks later, after the hitchhiker did a number on us, um, convinced us they were there, uh, uh, the person was healed to the point where the neurosurgeon released them and told them they did not need to go back because they couldn't even find the lesion. So the stories wow. of Chris Bledsoe doing the healing, I have personally experienced. Okay, so well, that. We, I, I, did a, I did a UFO con slide deck with Chris for his per, first serious public presentation of the data, the videos, the audio, the other stuff, the, uh, the people he's met, the people who've been there at UFO con in 2020. 
at UFOCon in 2020, I met Dave Scott. Dave Scott invited me to be on his Spaced Out radio show, and he gave me the name Science Bob. So, wow. Oh, yeah. So here we just jump forward to 2020, uh, 2022. A lot's happened, but anyway, 2022. And um, Lala has seen me on Science Bob and other things on Spaced Out Radio. So she and I became Facebook friends. It was no big deal. I was hit a like here, hit a like there. That's interesting. Okay, so so that's the deal. So uh, in April of last year, my mother passed. But before my mother passed, Lala told me, hey, when your mother passes, come back and I'll give you a reading. And I went, okay. I so said it nice. She, she was nice, but I'm, I'm making it short so we don't take all night. Okay, so um, the, the, hey, Deb. So uh, the, the, um, the, I went over to visit my mother, and while I was there, they, had, they invoked her advanced medical directive and put her on hospice, and we knew it was coming to an end. I'm going, wow, this woman I just met on Facebook told me my mother was going to pass, and here it is happening. So anyway, she was very nice about it, but, that, but that's the gist of it. Okay, so while I was there, I watched my mother go really, really badly off into a coma and then pop up awake and talk to our dead relatives and then go back into the coma and pass. Okay, so I went, now I'm really going to talk to Lala. So we went through the funeral, all of those stuff. I finally make it back home. I get on uh, our communication channel she and I had, which is Facebook Messenger. And we start, I told her, okay, I want the reading because I'm now quite curious. So she got on and within moments, I had kind of confirmed in my head, okay, she really is talking to my mother. So it's clear in her that she was buoyed by the fact that I thought she was talking to my mother. So then the pace picked up. And then after her confidence grows, it turns into lightning speed. So she quickly told me five or six things. I can't remember which. Mm -hmm. I have a transcript so I could go a little. But anyway, five, um, uh, five things which, let's call it five, my mother knew and I knew, but no one else knew. Okay, I went, hmm, well, maybe she is his ESP. She's getting it out of my brain. <laughs> okay, so it's like she and, my, she and or my mother heard me think this because the next few things, my mother told me, I didn't know. None of my siblings knew. But between the five of us, we confirmed all of them with our friends and relatives. Okay, so it was like, wow. Okay, so I'm kind of emotional because my mother just passed. And then um, she stops and says, hey, there's this little five foot two feisty lady come up here, button in. She's got curly brown hair with red highlights, and I, she has this thick southern accent, and I can't even understand her, but I keep hearing this word, and I don't understand what it is. I said, okay, what is it? She said, the word is Tweety? And boys and girls, that's when I lost it. Truly lost it. I mean, I was like beside myself. When I was one year old, my grandmother would regularly keep and she would call me Sweetie, and I wasn't talking too well, so I called her Tweety, and that's the name my grandmother had for all grandkids until she passed. She was, was Tweety to all of us. There is no way she knew this. I mean, it's just yeah. no way. 
And she could have found out my grandmother's name was Lois McGuire. There's no way she could have found out that I called her Tweety. There's just no way. And she'd been dead since the 1980s. Okay, so that was before she was born. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, but she was born in 19, 1981. I'm teasing. So anyway, um, uh, oh dear, I'm not supposed to tell you how old you are. I'm not much, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it reminds um, me of fresh freshman year of high school. So, <laughs> exactly. so, so yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so we, we start talking about all sorts of paranormal. And she starts telling me about some of her, quote, dreams. And the dreams, I realize, are recovering memories of her alien abductions. And so I interact with her. I don't want to tell all these stories. I want her to tell some of these stories. But anyway, we, get, we continue to grow in our talking relationship. And I went and met her. So we established a business which is right now in hiatus, but we're going to bring it back bigger mm-hmm. and bolder. Okay, so anyway, we established the business, and that was it. I went, I, you know, I think I'm in love with this woman. And so uh, we started a relationship, and now we live we live together in Maryland. I sold my house it's, in Alabama and moved to Maryland. It's beautiful. It really, it really is. I mean, you could see it. You could feel it. I could uh, feel it in listening to you guys on other podcasts. And you're on a podcast that loves love because we are co-conspirators in positivity up positivity. in this joint. So why don't you, so, let her, why don't you let her tell about all so, the stuff that happened here? Paul, let me, let me refocus the question because the, the question we didn't get to. The question was basically how you view the phenomenon prior to meeting her and how you viewed it now. Were you so in other words, if I were to just expound upon that, were you more nuts and bolts? Were you, you know, were you more scientific and now looking into the more consciousness-based aspects? That that was sort of the where I was going with that. I drove her absolutely crazy <laughs> in the first part of our relationship, trying to get her to get the aliens to tell me how the craft worked. And <laughs> She gave, she, did she, you tell she, him the dilithium crystals, Lala? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did you tell me? I said that you have. What I was told to tell him was he has to work on ego before they would say anything like that. What? Are oh, you they, they, a PhD they, with they, ego? Come they, on, they, Lala. That's oh not they, true. They kicked they kick me in the book. Okay. okay As so, they would any of us, I'm okay, sure, so. especially me. It's gone from me wanting nuts and bolts craft to in a year, me knowing I don't care about the nuts and bolts craft. I don't care at all because it's all about consciousness. We are all energy and the energy takes different forms. E equals MC squared. So the energy can be converted into mass and the mass can take different forms. And so all the things we see flying in the sky, all of us here, all, all the table I'm sitting at and a chair I'm on, it's all mass and energy, and all of it's related. And consciousness is the thing that binds the universe together. That is, is a rapid change from an applied mathematician with a PhD who minored in physics. Okay, I'm this, just saying this is a major change. Hey, Bob, this is the problem. Is Right now, I have too much mass and not enough energy. So <laughs> if I could somehow convert one into the other, I think we'd be in business. But I have to turn you guys over to the capable hands of my co-conspirator in this joint, 
known as Calling All Beings, Money Nathan. Okay, Money Nathan. Yes, great to talk with you guys. Um, Lala, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, because not as many folks are as familiar with the things that you do, and Bob did a great job explaining some of your amazing skill. And I was just wondering, how, how did that happen for you? Is this something you've had your entire life? Has this uh, developed more over time? What would you say are the benefits, but also maybe some of the downsides of having the, uh, the mediumship ability? So I was born with it, and my dad had it, too. He, mm. was a, he did Reiki and um, other things like that. So he tried to help me along the way. But my mom was wanting me to be, you know, normal. <laughs> so I would kind of push it away for a long time. And, you know, bullying and all that stuff. But I guess I it got more strong when I decided not to hide from it anymore. Hmm. So a few years ago, I lost my parents and boyfriend. And I hated how it felt. And I wanted to help other people feel better. And that's how I found Bob. I, the spirits kind of find me to talk to the person because I'm super shy and I wouldn't normally do that but they're just like okay this person say this so I'm like I'm sorry to sound weird but I have a message for you you know but yeah it's interesting and I didn't know I was talking to other beings until I met Bob because I knew that the spirits felt different I, I knew that the aliens felt different but I didn't know why they're more business and ghosts People's spirits are very emotional. They're the same, you know? I, I would like for you to expand on that a little bit because I've heard others say something similar, that human emotion is uh, in some ways alien to the non-human intelligences, that there's something about our ability to emote and feel that they don't quite understand. So what, what, what's it like interacting with an entity that just doesn't quite get how we feel about things? So they understand and cater to our feelings, but they just can't show it. Hmm. They do it in ways of being kind or, or helpful, but they don't get upset like us and things like that. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, are they, uh, and, and, and do you have instances where you're interacting with both humans and uh, alien intelligence at the same time? Or are they kind of, is, mm -hmm. it, is it sort of like a, a chorus of voices there? What, what's happening in those situations? It it all depends on who's around me, but it leads to one thing. So I'll start reading a person, and then I'll connect to their loved one, and mm -hmm. then I'll connect to an alien. It, it kind of opens doors each time to other beings. It's really interesting, actually. That sounds fascinating. And the uh, I've heard, too, that some people can have kind of a different... Uh, energetic lineages maybe is the right way to describe it so like some people have uh, through their incarnations for example have you know human histories and then some have maybe more alien histories mm -hmm. do, do you find that to be true in your experience i i know that's true i haven't met anyone yet that i read that from mm. but that that is correct yeah wow. i i think we've done we were different being well i mean i think people are hybrids i've i've met hybrids but, you know, I think that we could stop. She thinks she's a hybrid. I, oh, wow. I know I'm different. Yeah. Mm. I just am. I, I'm O negative. I think there's a thing to that, too. 
Mm. I, I don't know. Nobody has an answer to the O negative, not one person. And I find that interesting. We know everything else in the world, but for some reason we can't figure that out. And it's just, it makes sense that they're, I'm a little different. And she's, she's Basque descent. Mm. Basque. Oh, wow. Like, uh, over in, uh, Spain. We're all of our own negative and their genetics doesn't fit with anybody else's. Hmm. Fascinating. And by the way, Nathan, my energy lineage runs from Red Bull directly to me. Yeah. And then it results in output. That's what so I thought. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We, I mean, we got to we, we got to pass it over to Deb. I know she's yeah. uh, she has she got here as um, fast as she is humanly possible. I'm sure that there are people on the highway just pull over because Deb was get out of my way. Exactly. Yeah. So Deb, uh, <laughs> what you got? I'm I'm sad because I missed the chip answer, but I'm here. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask because both of you receive information um, and I know that, you know, Bob, you've said it's downloads for you and you have different information from the spirits, Allah. So I was wondering if you could do like, have you done a comparison about how you guys are receiving? Um, have you talked about what that's like for you? Um, and can you explain that to people? I'm just telling you, all of a sudden I get a thought in my head and I don't have a clue where it came from. And it's almost always something technical, but it can be something else. It just just so your audience can get a kind of grounding. This is not about what I've done, but I'm going to say how this pertains. It, it, I got messages in my head that told me how to make Federated Wireless work. And that's a company I found. I got a message in my head three years later that was the secrets that turned into Hawkeye 360. Both of those are successful corporations that I founded and the intellectual property, which people can go look up my patents and see that they are, that the patents are real and they have my name on them. Those were all downloads, but I have no clue where they come from. They're just like something puts a hole in my head and pours something in and then closes it. And all of a sudden it's there and I have no idea where it came from because nothing comes before or after that makes any sense. It's just all of a sudden there. That is Hers wow. is completely different, so let her tell hers. That's something I'd like to have is uh, I have property, but I don't have the intellectual and property together. You know what I mean, Nathan? I, that's what I'm... Yeah, I need to be able... <laughs> All right, let's, let's get let's get Matt Knapp in there, our Bigfoot brother. Why do you guys <laughs> always do this? Don't you know? Okay, yes, Lala needs to answer. Okay. I I, I want to hear her answer before I proceed. Oh, did I miss it? Did did you, okay? I apologize. Oh, um, thank you. I just. I just get a feeling and it's a certain feeling where I don't, there's no question. It's just a knowing and a little bit of a push. And and that's how I get it. It's because usually I'm wishy-washy. Like, I don't know what to do, you know, but this is very direct. Yeah. She looks up to the right like this, <laughs> like this. And I know she's conversing with the being. They send pictures, words, music, whatever. Is there an electrical pulse feeling? Not, and I don't mean that like being shocked, but is there sort of a a, a hum or um, a yeah. vibration or something that's associated yeah. with both of you when you receive these? 
I I feel like the room shifts. There's a shift of energy in it, which almost like if someone walks in the room and you didn't know, but you felt it, that's what it feels like. And a lot of times they either sound like they're a radio frequency changing channel or like a high pitched kind of a thing. It all depends on the, the being actually. She did after the reading for me, she had my tinnitus for months. Mm -hmm. Really? You inherited yeah, she's, like, this she's like Amy Allen. If she's a physical medium. I got a hernia after or during a reading from a woman who died with a really bad hernia. She had something else happen. I mean, and I just started sweat pouring down my face and I don't sweat. It, it's I had to learn to not allow that. I, it's okay to take information, but it's not okay for me to take it on. She and doesn't right. channel. She doesn't channel for that reason. No. Yeah. <laughs> because then you'll inherit whatever that person's afflicted with, it's right? Scary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I apologize. I didn't mean to step on Lala's answer. I didn't realize yeah. that uh, I okay. didn't compute that it was so. But uh, Matt, can we go to you now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. good. My problem. <laughs> um, so whenever you uh, communicate with human spirits, mm -hmm. how it's different comparatively to uh, communicating with aliens. Are you communicating with alien spirits or are the aliens still alive and just communicating the same way as spirits? Yeah, they're alive, but they can communicate the same way. It's a telepathy. Yeah. Have you encountered the spirit of an alien? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I really don't know. I, I know that Every couple of weeks, we have a new being show up outside our house on camera. And you can see the evidence in our evidence database of these critters, of these these entities in standing in front of our yard and videos so maybe, of them walking. Yeah, maybe yeah. we did. I, that, that's something to look into. I didn't even think of that. I just assumed because they were kind of like in the same frequency right. that they didn't die and become ghosts. But I don't know. Is is it fair they're using the same access point to you yeah. that the NHI and the spirit of a former human is using the same access point to reach you is what I, I know Nathan said that Debs has said that Matt I'm, I'm not sure if we've actually had that discussion but we I've don't heard go down that road sir <laughs> <laughs> Matt's had some paranormal experiences keeping people. that door <laughs> shut for a while. All I know is, you know, there's this, you're talking about electrical energies, DJ, and uh, if you've ever been around uh, guitars, electric guitars and amplifiers, how whenever you plug in a guitar cable and it grounds out on the jack for a second, mm -hmm. um, let's just say I used to hear that sound quite often. Really? Loud enough that it would kind of jolt me. Uh, and, and I've also heard like explosive, like electrical explosive sounds uh, in my home at different times. So, uh, so I, I can uh, relate to the electrical pulses and energies shifting. So we, we had, we had uh, the first thing we got when we moved into this house was poltergeist activity. Mm -hmm. Things would get lifted up and moved, wall would be thumped, lights would go on and off. So we got a camera. And the camera, the cameras, and the camera that was in the front hall was in night mode because the lights were out. And in the middle of the night while we were asleep, 
the light turned on. It wasn't us. A kind of shadowy thing sh shimmered into the camera view, and all of a sudden, uh, the microphone picks up on the security camera. Uh, hello, Xander. And Xander is my son's name, and it sounded wow. like my boyfriend, his father, had passed uh, two years ago. So, it, so it was he amazing. he came to the household. You think? And he's yeah. here. He's here. Wow. I had his picture in a, a drawer in the bedroom. He started shaking it to where it sounded like it was banging. And so I took the picture up and I placed it on top. He is now in a place of honor it in our bedroom. Yeah, he didn't do it again. So Hasn't happened again. Yeah. That's very smart thinking on your part to react to that situation. Mm -hmm. And I did see the... the uh, and I, I we didn't prep to you know bring some of the stuff, but we saw what you showed, Grant Cameron, some amazing videos. And first of all, Bob, is it bad that when you showed the amazing orb video in the room, the first thing I noticed was the crown molding? I don't know if Nathan <laughs> noticed the same thing, but Every, like, everyone, man, noticed, everyone that notices that the that the room, the, the, the original owner here was Chinese. So mm -hmm. this 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 master bedroom is as feng shui as it can possibly be, and so you have the octagon in the ceiling. The bed points yes. the correct direction. I mean, every bit of that stuff. She must really be superstitious because it everything was... in that room is feng shui and. There's a portal right behind our head on the bit wall. There really is. I mean, we can There's a what? Portal. Yeah. We There's watch stuff go in and out of the wall. We have it on video. I mean, floods of things just in every every day. Every day, every night. But I mean, people people think it's weird. We we video our bedroom at night while we sleep, but we do because I don't want any. I don't want to miss this. We don't mind showing it. Hell no! That orb was that the size of a ba it looked like the size of a baseball oh, or a tennis ball. That thing was huge. Mm -hmm. Nathan, had you seen that? Yeah, I did. I mean, I just I I'm right still trying to get my place. head around all the activity that's happening and and, yeah. just, and, and how delighted you are that it's happening <laughs> in your I personal know, space. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Matt. Matt, what is going on here? <laughs> well, I mean, he is polychipperous. That's so. true. That's what it that's is. True. It's the potato chip thing. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. he's <laughs> able to deal with it. So what we have to do, maybe if Lala could get Matt to change his preference in potato chips, then the paranormal activity that's bothered him may cease to bother him. So we, we actually, we have something we can work on. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to launch into the fireside chat. And then after we get into the part where everyone throws the topic on the table, we can, cause I have another question. I'm sure everybody in the panel has another question for you, but we wanted to uh, start with uh, either uh, Lala or Bob, whomever, and throw a topic out there and everyone here around the table will react to it and then uh, I'll go after whichever uh, you two and then we'll just go down the line. Go for it. You want to bring up a topic? Yeah, what, yes, what sir. do you got? Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Pick, pick something. I mean, you've had so many things happen. Describe how you capture the big, the, the, the craft. Oh, my well, what, God. She's amazing. We have well, what? What this is, this is what you guys will do is you guys will throw a topic out there and everyone will. So you, you're almost like you're asking a question. I see. See okay. what I mean? And then oh. everybody will react to that. But we will, like I said, after we go through, go around the horn, we'll Got get into, because I know we all have more 
more question for you. Have any of you seen a crash before? Um, all right, so I'll start off. Yes, uh, I'm from the Hudson Valley, and it was about oh in the 80. Uh, so it was right after freshman year. It's ironic. We were talking about freshman year. So between freshman year and uh, the beginning of sophomore year, so it might have been 82. And um, I, I did, a friend and I saw one, uh, but it was not, it didn't go over our head. So it was, we saw it above the tree line moving away um, from us, ironically, over towards Yorktown Heights. Those of you guys who have heard the stories about, you know, Yorktown Heights and ironically, Triangle Shopping Center <laughs> and then the Triangle UFO. Um, so and that's over where James Iandoli was from that area. If you guys know James. Yeah, He's from well, obviously you guys know James. Yeah. James yeah. grew up very close to me and and the, and so if you head like about 7 or 8 miles that way that was the direction it was headed. So I didn't get to see the shape of it, but it was uh, like a Sunday night and it lit up the sky like you know, you just couldn't believe um in that direction and you're just like holy s that's a UFO. So that was it, it wasn't a profound experience because it didn't come overhead i didn't get a protracted look at it but yes so Did you have and, any missing time after that or ever? uh not that i'm aware of i, I did so pro the reason i i started this this podcast or started doing a ufo podcast before this is uh i had done an mma podcast for years for a decade and i just when david fravor came out and talked about uh, his experience, and I'm a military aviator. I decided I'm going to talk about my experience. So I told my MMA co-host, I'm going to start talking about UFOs. Are you down? And they said no. And I said, all right, it's good. good." And we're still friends, but I was like, I'm starting to show on my own. And that's that's how this, this happened is because uh, I felt empowered that I could speak about it without being embarrassed. So let me go to Money Nathan. Hmm. Yeah, I've not had a, a sighting in... In a, wake, in a waking state, I've had a experience in a dream that was um, incredibly powerful, and it was long before I knew anything about orbs or uh, you know orb sightings, whatever. But essentially, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of detail in the dream. But the main part about the UFO is in the sky. First of all, the ocean was like gone. I was like standing at the shoreline; the ocean was gone. And in the sky, this cloudy, dark sky, it was a dancing swirl of orbs. And at the time, I just, reflecting on it then, I was like, oh, these weird lights. Like, that's just weird lights in the sky. I don't know what that is. But looking back on it now, I, um, it, it's a very significant dream for me. And, uh, and the orbs were very powerful, probably present at that moment. Interesting. Yeah. Debs. Yeah, I've um, seen a couple. I saw one near an airport, and I had a really unusual response that I've talked to TJ several times about. It I was like, eh, it's a UFO. <laughs> like, and right. I kept going, right? right? And then when I, when I was driving back, it was still there, and I'm like, I should probably take a picture of that, but I, uh, I got clients in the car. I got to keep going. So I just was like, eh, okay, that was cool. And then, like, I didn't even study UFOs at the time. Um, and then... The second one was just an orb sighting, and it happened when I was trying to do CE5 by myself. Um, <laughs> and then I will say also, there's been a couple times that clients have told me something is near the car, but I can't look. I can't do anything about it. 
they don't know that I'm interested in UFOs. So they just kind of said like one, something was um, floating over the car and they, they thought it was a plane and they're like, why is it so low? And, you know, some things like that have happened, but um, I've, and I've had more intensive experiences with meditation also, but yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I have. Cool. I just want to answer Anon ET in the, in the chat because uh, Anon ETs asked me what did it look like? So, I'm seeing rear aspect, and so I didn't see the shape of the craft. I saw a lot of lighting, and I was like, I'm looking at the other kid who I've since contacted. So one of the the first UFO episode I did was getting this kid who was from Brooklyn back on the on the show so that we could we could go over it together. And um, I, I didn't see the shape of it. It just was so lit up that I thought this is like some close encounters kind of deal it it and the th thing is you're just like man that's a ufo man that's just not an airplane uh but anyway uh let me let me get to uh matt please okay dj i don't want to get a call about this later <laughs> <laughs> so my first experience with ufo stuff was actually whenever i was about uh 14 years old i think uh we were at my family's uh, lake house. I had taken a friend with me and we went down to the lake at night to specifically look for UFOs to see if we could see any UFOs. And we took an audio recorder with us. Uh, back then we didn't have access to any video equipment or anything. And we went down there and we saw UFOs. Uh, so, so let me uh, explain that a little bit. So we saw lights that we could not identify that appeared at extremely high altitude. Uh, two of them uh, on a path to intersect with one another. And whenever they got to the intersection point, they became one light instead of two, uh, went a separate direction, then made a complete right angle turn like on a dime, uh, went a little bit further and stopped and then looked like they just it, whatever, just zoomed off into orbit, uh, in a fraction of a second. Mind's blown. I spent the rest of my life looking up in the night sky, trying to see that again, trying to identify. I've seen, uh, satellites in orbit, you know, various aircraft and stuff. Fast forward a few, a couple of years or so I'm 16. I'm with my cousin. We're sitting, waiting for a train to cross. Uh, we're surrounded by cars. We're in the city. I happen to look up and see the classic, uh, Tic Tac or cigar shaped UFO, uh, metallic smooth, no wings, no tail, nothing staying pretty stationary in the sky. It was a bright sunny day. There was a little bit of puffy cloud cover and this thing was kind of behind the clouds. And I like called to my cousin, Hey, look at that. What is that? He looked up, he saw it too. A cloud passed in front of it. And after the cloud moved out of the way, it was just gone. We never saw anything fly off or anything like that. Wow. Same cousin. I'm actually uh, on my way. I took him with me to my first major Bigfoot outing. And it was down in uh, Lufkin, Texas area. And on the way to Lufkin, we drive through the town of Tyler, Texas. Well, on the way back, we're talking. And we're going back through Tyler, uh, this time at night. And 
I have no explanation. I, I don't know. This is kind of so missing time. Yeah, basically, we're sitting there talking as we enter Tyler. The next thing I know, we're on the other side of Tyler. And I'm like looking at him and he's looking at me and I can tell he's nervous. He can tell I'm nervous. And I was like, do you remember driving through Tyler just now? And he's like, not at all. And I was like, we didn't take any of the turn. Like there was specific landmarks and stuff that we had seen on the way down there, the route that we take. Neither one of us could remember any of those things. We're not from down there. It was the first time we had ever been through there, you know, other than previously on the way down. So it's not like I subconsciously just drove back through the town because I know it from, you know, memory or anything. Um, But we were in a car and I don't know, I've, you know, other than incidents of people being in automobiles and like pulling off on the side of the road or waking up on the side of the road or something, I've never really heard of missing time where people were actually driving. But it's, I mean, so yeah, uh, those were my experiences with UFOs and in turn missing time. So did I get a turn? Absolutely. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. All right. So when I was 18, I went uh, went to school with my then girlfriend and I picked her up to take her home. And we had an hour and a half of missing time. She remembers it. I remember it. But two weeks later, I changed every single aspect of my life except uh, and, and went from being wanting to be a doctor to wanting to be an engineer. And I went to a different university, changed universities. And on my path to being an engineer, I decided that I would be better off if I was a master of the underlying principles that gu- guide all of these sciences. So I became an applied mathematician. And now I can do any one of those things. And so that led to my career and everything after. Okay, so... My, and I vaguely remember seeing craft when I was 10 years old in the sky when I was out with my telescope. Okay, but uh, let's go to last year. Lala and I are driving down the road, and she has a sunroof in her Toyota. I look up through the sunroof, and there's a triangle um, 300 feet over us. So it's, and it's definitely pacing us right in the center of the sunroof for well over two miles. So it's pacing up at every turn, every speed change. It's right there. So, of course, in in that moment, you are just too dumbfounded to even think to yank out your iPhone and take a picture. I'm just wanting to look. Hell yeah. So then look over my shoulder when a bright light looks and I see a military helicopter coming from the base that is near us. Okay, so, um, uh, and the, the triangle does this, turns around and starts moving off. And she says, I said, hey, turn around with the other way. So she goes down about out of 15 seconds to a, to, a, a, to a thing through the median. She makes a U-turn, turns around, and I look up where the craft ought to be, and that bad boy is long gone, and the helicopter's going home. So, yeah. uh, so now, now we, I, I got a Cyanix Opsin night night camera. I've had a triangle fly over the house. I've had zigzagging uh, thing that's high up in the sky, but it's a zigzagging, but it's non-ballistic motion, and I have that on clear cut video. 
So uh, with the offset camera. So it's just really whatever I wanted to see when I was a kid and thought maybe it was always going to happen to somebody else. The day I started living with her, everything it happened. Came <laughs> I don't know what's funnier is that you got to stare at this thing and look at it or them sending out a helicopter to intercept a triangle, which is like really, really dumb because your evasive maneuver capability, if it comes toward you, you can't even do like what uh, the guy who was the guy that was in New York with Ryan Graves and those guys were they were able to split their formation. A helicopter. I mean, you just can't you can't roll and maneuver that quickly. So that's I don't know, man. They have, I don't know what it's called, but I saw a, a, before I knew him, I was driving and I saw this. Is, I didn't know UFOs could be orbs. I, I had no clue at all. And I see these things up in the sky and a helicopter's following them. And then two different color hel helicopters from the base stay in the background, not get close watching. And this guy was in the helicopter and he was holding, it was, whatever this huge thing was, it was bolted into the floor. And they were aiming it at them. And the things would go in and out of, uh, of view. So they would disappear and then come back. And I was, I always wondered what, what was that? It looked like a big bazooka bolted to. But well, you know. yeah, there's, I mean, like an Apache has, you know, has a, I think they have a, a belly mounted uh, weapon as well. I don't know if it's like a 20 millimeter or a 30 millimeter. I don't know what type of a, a helicopter you saw. I mean, if it was like a, uh, like an Apache, you're going to have like uh, one, uh, like a pilot and then like a, a co-pilot or like a sensor operator right behind him. So it's like front back as Sorry, opposed to side see, side. Did you see an open so. door? The door, side door was open. Like a Huey oh, okay. with a gun mount. Yeah, oh, the guy okay. was standing so, up. And this thing was this, I mean, it was wide, very wide around. Bolted. Yeah. Yeah, it, it may have been a, a DAPS, you know, like they have these uh, MH60s with the DAPS. It has yep. like it had they have rockets and they also have uh, I, again, I don't know what millimeter weapon, but but they have those for strafing and stuff. We, we so live, I don't know. DJ, we live on uh, Chesapeake Bay and right at the Susquehanna River. Mm -hmm. And this is heavily populated. They Army. would not be firing a missile at anything in right. this area. And right, the, that would be the, stupid. The, the, right, we really notice this stuff because we have constant. I mean, you, you're going to figure out where we are. We have 100% all time, seven days a week, 24 hour a day, no towns. Right. Nobody's supposed to be flying here. And yep. when you see these craft, they come out. And of course, they got their radar on. They go, oops, here comes one into our zone again. You know, you, you, you. You bring up a really interesting point that I never even thought of, Bob, which is that if there is a craft and some and and just military organization X, Y, or Z decides to fire on it, I think what you were alluding to is now you've got falling debris. What if you don't hit it? Where does that missile go? I mean, you have to be very careful, and I think that's why sometimes they wait for you know things to go out over the water and things like that because you're not going to have any sort of fratricide or, or anything like that, you know, uh, um, what they call like civcas, civilian casualties as a result of shooting down something that's not offensive. And, and surely if either your weapon or a piece of that craft, should you be able to even injure it, is going to fall on somebody's townhouse. You bet. So, I mean, um, not here. It ain't happening here. They it's, would it's a good point. I think 
they were good point. when they did one time because they got so low to I kept following it around, you know. But they got so low to my car that the the air pushed my car off the road a little bit. The rotor wash blew her off the road. Dude, I'm telling you, it was amazing. But but this is in daylight with tons of traffic on, on um in Baltimore. And I was I was I couldn't believe it. Well, I think she followed them for so far that they blew her and her best friend off the road. But her bet they blew them off the road to get rid of them. I don't know. This is this is actually a whole nother because you know Linda Thompson talks about stuff like this, but not as drastic as them coming within because they shouldn't be below five hundred feet. And I I have to go look at FAA airspace, but they shouldn't be below five hundred feet in in uh, unless you're in an unpopulated area. So over the ocean, yeah, and her best you, friend both report the same story. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It, it was it's Aberdeen on Eastern Avenue. You know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know, but I but I know what you're talking about, Aberdeen Proving Ground and all yeah, that. Yeah, I know look, what you're talking it's about. There's no over Aberdeen Proving Ground. Look, and listen, yeah. you know why there's no TAM. You can hear them firing artillery multiple days a week. There's no flights there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that is uh that's very interesting. And it's also it's not terribly surprising that they're coming after Lala because they they're looking at her like, well, we got our own Chris Bledsoe. We don't even have to go to North Carolina. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with my topic, and what we'll do is we'll come around, so it'll go myself, Nathan, Debs, Matt, and then, Bob, if you have a, a question you'd like to throw out to the group, we'll put it out there. So I'm going to start with mine, which is on this word, documento, and it is this. And and it really was interesting to listen to you guys and Graham um, talk about uh, downloads from different intelligences and things that they say. So here, here it goes. And I'll repeat this for each each individual that has to answer it so you don't have to remember it like 10 minutes from now. The notion that uh, the origin of intelligences visiting Earth are alien in nature could be as out of vogue as the clothing worn at Woodstock. Would you agree, Lala? Um, is this significant to you, Nathan, in one way or another, and why, as compared to a uh, an intelligence that is uh, has does reside and has resided on earth repeat, repeat that first part one more okay time. okay so yeah i won't i won't add in the funny bit because you guys won't want to hear that again um the notion that uh intelligence is visiting earth or alien nature um is this significant to you in one way or another and why whether or not their origin is is alien meaning coming from a different planet galaxy or its origin is from here on our planet that they share the planet is that significant to you in any way and why mm, yeah so for me it used to be significant and i would say it's not anymore um in part because the way i have come to look at any intelligence is just every every intelligence is valuable no matter where it comes from and there are other intelligences with us on the planet right now that that you know are in incredible and uh and the fact that intelligence exists at all in all of its varied forms is to me uh this sort of clue that there is this you know richness to life everywhere um so i'm i'm deeply fascinated just by what we have here i don't know that i need an another intelligence coming from el elsewhere and i think also too i think the distinctions are less important to me like earth non-earth 
you know, here out, out in space, like to me, it's, there's this interconnectedness that just reframing the entire space as we're all in the same sandbox. Uh, it's just that, you know, I think we kind of tend to dwell on the distance component of it as being this huge factor uh, that somehow makes it, you know, I don't know, insurmountable or we're, we're super separate from one another, but distance to me doesn't matter when it, when it comes to consciousness. So, um, yeah, it's not as important to me anymore. It's become much more personal. Um, and, uh, and I, I try to find the meaning in all sort of aspects of intelligence that I, that I encounter. And as an add on, just the fact that so many people are out on the alien hypothesis, just if you would just give a mm. quick comment on that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think we find over time that our, our hypotheses sort of model where we are developmentally in, in both our personal lives, but also culturally and societally, like globally. And it makes sense that we would have that ET hypothesis at a, at a, at an age where we have gone to space, right. Mm -hmm. And where we have left our own atmosphere uh, for the first time. And so we have this kind of corollary idea that, uh, well, in order to, to get here, they have to come from out there and do what we did by leaving and they left somewhere. <laughs> and you know, like it, it's our, it's the best model we have because we've just gotten to it. But I think as we continue to explore the nature of reality and, and explore the, uh, the revelations of, of quantum mechanics, for example, among other things, we're learning that uh, that's a simplistic way just to look at reality uh, that, 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 they would come from elsewhere. I don't think they have to, which is not to say that they might not be there. I mean, I think that there are ETs out there, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that our hypotheses are shifting away from that being the sole focus. Amen, brother. Debs, um, I'll restate for you um, the origin of these intelligences visiting Earth, whether they be alien in nature or, or uh, that their origin is just is here on Earth with us. Is this significant to you one way or the other? The origin of it, is it significant to you yeah. one way or another and why? I would say to me it is significant in the sense that I feel like we're starting to understand more about humanity's history. When we look into how long these other entities, whether they are extraterrestrial or um, ultra-terrestrial, have been here. Um, I get the sense that the more we look into that and we look into their origins, we're actually learning more about ourselves. So I find that fascinating. I find that the, the path leads us to understanding ourselves more. Um, I can't say where they're from. If they are extraterrestrial, they may have been here for a really long time. So when do they stop having to use the extraterrestrial card? That's confusing, right? I don't know. Like if they've been here a billion more years than us, for instance, do they still have to be extraterrestrial? Like, I don't know. But yeah. We got to so. check their passport documents and see when they right. checked yeah, in. Right. So um, that that's awesome, Deb. You know, Nathan, give her a bump in her 401k share if you would. And Matt, who put nothing about the UFO experience on his onboarding forms when we onboarded him onto cab. Did you see any of that, Nathan, in that narrative? Okay. No, no. All right, go ahead, man. Hey, <laughs> um, I, I got a question myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
It, it's uh no. You have a question for me, or are you going to answer my no, question? No, no, okay. I'll answer okay. your. I mean, I guess. Okay. Um. So yeah, significant. Origin. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course it is. Uh, both ways, whether it be from somewhere else or something from here. Uh, people always uh, have thought about aliens visiting us and what it would be like. You know, you see it in pop culture. Uh, it, it's a mind-blowing thing to even think about. You know, what are the ramifications of another civilization from some other planet or some other, you know, universe possibly uh, making contact with us and wanting to communicate with us? There's there's lots of different ways that could go. And on the other side of the coin, if these things are from here, uh, that makes me think that, man, we don't know anything. Everything we think we know is even more insignificant and wrong. We have to turn inward and start trying to re-understand and kind of reinventing the wheel and seeing where we forked left whenever we should have went right uh, to understand what we're experiencing. Uh, sometimes I think the uh, possibility of you know these things being uh, alien in nature would actually be better for us as a civilization than if they are from here. Uh, just because of what it means that there's something like that going on. Uh, I mean, now we have governments involved in it, you know, trying to understand what they are and acknowledging that they exist. And if that's something coming from this planet, I think that's more terrifying than the idea of it being something from outside of our planet. Man, there's a lot of rich, <laughs> a lot of rich material in there, uh, Matt, because you you brought up a lot of interesting points. There were intersections in both of what Nathan said and what Deb said, and and what you said. And as far as uh, going left or right, picking a direction, I'm thinking the one that doesn't lead to Bigfoot coming out on the trail and hitting you in the chest with a log because he wants you to get away. Uh, that was the right way then. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. All right. So, uh, Lala or Bob, our beautiful love couple, which uh, whomever wants to answer that first, is it significant to you one way or the other, whether the origin is extraterrestrial or, as Deb put it, ultra-terrestrial? Um, is that significant to you and why? Is it significant? Um, yes and no. I think that from what I hear from some people that I admire that, Essentially, we're all one big thing connected, and all of this is made up to an extent to learn different things. So, I mean, I I don't know, but I feel that just from us communicating with the beings that have come to our home, that we are very much more connected than we know, and I think we're not taught for a reason. And I think so we can kind of stay stuck, you know, hmm. but I, I, them from another place, I, you know, I asked them a question. There's uh, certain ones come around that I ask yes or no questions to kind of like a pendulum question. Yes or no. And I said, are you from here? I said, if you are, please show up a lot. If not, don't do anything. And like 50 of them started coming towards the camera. And 
And I thought to myself, and then I said, is, is where we're living bigger than what we're taught? Is there more to it? And they go, yes. And, and so, but then I started asking dumb questions because I got my ADHD. But I mean, the point is, <laughs> I was surprised by their answers, you know? Lala, you can imagine me. I'd be asking their pizza order, like at Domino's. <laughs> Do they want the banana peppers? Do you want the... So, no, I understand. Bob? Okay. You don't expect me to contradict her, do you? So let me. No, let me I go. want you no, to give your. No, no, no. So, so seriously. Yeah. I'm going to take you down a really deep road. So, Donald Hoffman is a cognitive scientist at the University of California, Irvine. And several years ago, he proved a mathematical theorem. The mathematical theorem is an evolutionary game theory. There's some controversy in the neuroscience community about it, but to me, there's zero controversy. I totally accept what he's done. And he has shown that if the hypothesis in his theorem are true, then we are, our senses hooked to our consciousness through ever our brain network, which is our antenna to our consciousness, uh, are not seeing reality. That our evolutionary upbringing adapted our senses to maximize the fitness function on our species continuing to exist, and that if a species such as us does perceive actual reality, it's flooded with so much stuff that it's selected against by evolution. So he proved that we all live in the matrix, mathematically. Okay, so a year or so ago, Donald got COVID. He was deathly ill. I mean, really badly ill. And everybody thought he was going to die. But he made it. He got out of it. And when he came out, he unloaded on the world the most unbelievably beautiful thing I believe I have ever seen in my mathematical life outside of Gödel's incompleteness theorem. But that's also relevant. Donald has come up with a collection of objects uh, for his conscious agents. So all, ex all experiences in any consciousness are born by a conscious agent. All experiences of a conscious being are an example of a conscious agent. And it's a mathematical object. Okay. He came up with a version of conscious agent, which has some really interesting properties called decorated permutations. And so the universe is just a vast, of all these conscious agents that jump around and move around and have dynamics through a mathematical process called a Markov process. So this is kind of a the future of what this is going to be. The next step of what this is going to be is dependent only what the past on. So everything kind of moves forward through this Markov process. So how do we get from that to your and my consciousness? That is a humongous collection of things. So how you get to our tiny little self is we are each a projection to a lower dimensional space of all that stuff in the sea of, of, of conscious agents. And we can't get all the stuff that's up there down to us, so we only see a small piece of it. But what we get projected to each and every one of us 
is our own illusion or virtual reality of space-time and all the physics that's in it. And the, the, the big, huge space of conscious agents, he says conclusively, that's the universal consciousness. And this projection from the universal consciousness means that each and every one of our beings, our little beings, our little consciousness, is a piece of the universal consciousness projected down onto our little virtual reality. And furthermore, he believes and is on the path with others to deriving all of the physics of space-time, quantum mechanics, general relativity, everything from the sea of conscious agents as decorated permutations. And we get, so remember I said, just it's a, this, this projection is a little funnel. It's a funnel on the ocean and it's only getting a few drops through. So the drops are squeezing through the funnel and that squeezing of the drops through the funnel coming out drip, drip, drip one at a time, that drip, drip, drip one at a time is a loss of information from the big conscious space down to our little piece. And that drip, drip, drip is where we get time. That drip, drip, drip is one second, two second, three second. So sp time is not real. It's formed from the loss of information from the huge conscious space down to us, from the universal consciousness to us. I told you, you wanted me to agree with her. So Mathematically, I just agreed with everything she said, but just a lot of math and what I left out. So, Bob, for somebody who has a BAG, uh, BAGS degree, is, could I make an analogy that each of us has our own set of these VR goggles? Yes. And what's projected inside those goggles is what you perceive. So, for example, myself and Lala, I can't perceive everything in my goggles that is reality or receive those projections, uh, but to the same degree, perhaps, that she is. Is that the analogy that... That is the perfect analogous? analogy. And all, but let me add one more thing. Sure. You both are projected from the same computer data. Right. So but that what, means both of you are facets of right. the universal consciousness. But Right. I, I got that. But I mean, as far as what I, as that entity, can perceive, I, if I had, you know, my goggles, I can't see outside that. But the, the expanse of them could be a different size from Nathan and Deb and Lala and yourself. And, yep. what, and what's, what comprises the information that, or, or, or the reality that I can perceive. Is yep. that fair? That's fair. Okay. That's, why I, five, that's why five people who have a UFO experience can see five different things because each of them has their own goggles and the universal consciousness sends each of them something slightly different. Okay, so Nathan, I think I got it. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, I have two questions. What? You're going to get your... T <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Is this go ahead. my reality or yours? Uh, it's the universal consciousness, but your projection down to your brain interface to the universal consciousness through that projection is your virtual reality. It's yours alone. And the universal consciousness belongs to who God. or what? God, if you want. Yeah. That's why I use the goggle analogy, Matt, because when you throw those on, I'm just using that as just an analogy that that's what you can perceive is what, and you don't actually have the goggles on, but what you can perceive in reality, if you, you know, you could use those goggles and say, okay, that's me. 
mine isn't the same as what DJ is perceiving, I may be perceiving less than you. But that that goggles at least gives you a framework for simple people like myself to understand what he's talking about. Nathan. Yeah, I mean, wow, all of that is amazing. Um, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> good get, get Bob in on the four uh, one. It's a great, great summary of Hoffman and Bob, and I really mm-hmm. resonate with that. And um, you know, I'm a big fan of Bernardo Castrop as well, who yes. I'm sure are familiar with. And Bernardo talks about the disassociated alters. So he uses a different terminology to talk about the individuated conscious agents. Um, and I think that that's a helpful term too. Essentially, like taking this concept that. Uh, that we're used to in human psychology of individuals that have split personality, we call them altered personalities. So in this analogy, the source, God, if you will, uh, essentially has split personality disorder, uh, which is what all conscious agents are in that kind of giant matrix. And we're all interacting with one another. It's sort of a process of uh, the source of consciousness trying to understand itself, uh, spinning out novel experience, uh, and and it's an iterative process. It's fractal. It's uh, it's expansive. It is everything that there is. The iterative um, process is a Markov process. The Markov process. There you go. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And I wonder, you know, can kind of since we're on this topic, I think we can kind of keep going on a little bit. But with this understanding of reality, and, and Bob, you you kind of touched on this earlier on, going from the nuts and bolts to, to this focus on consciousness. And I think in a way, like your relationship is a mirror of this uh, shift as well, right? And, and many of us who are in relationships, if we're like a, a rational minded person, the person we tend to be attracted to is, is a little, little bit more emotive, right? It, we're used to this kind of pairing of thinking and there's a beauty in that pairing as opposed to just going one side or the other. Yeah, one and of I us want... is more right brain, one of us is more left brain, but we have this little piece of intersection in the middle. So we're like two circles in a Venn diagram that overlap. Exactly. And so, you know, maybe what we can talk about is just kind of leaning into that. And, and where, where is it in your own experience, uh, and we can start with the two of you, where you find the... I guess the, the the presence of this reality most manifest to you, you know, how, how do you feel it most manifest to you? Cause you know, we can all get kind of sidetracked on the light show of, of the craft or whatever it is, but really, I think as you pointed out, it's not really about that per se, it's something more me- meaningful. And where is it that you find that, that meaning most manifest? Okay. So I have ceased believing in coincidences as much as I used to. I have just ceased. Now I know that synchronicities exist everywhere. So I'm sitting around just looking at YouTube and all of a sudden, here comes this video, pops up as next in my YouTube sequence. And it's Donald Hoffman telling me about his new ideas. And I'm perfectly positioned at just that moment. It floods over me. I feel this unbelievable uh, cognizance and uh, just, just this, this cognitive over, o- overflow and I'm absolutely certain I understand what it is. And it's just this overwhelming sense of this guy's right and I know he's right. And I just know it. I know it and I just call it cognizance. I know it that he's right. 
And so I'm jumping in, learning all this math and all this other stuff. And just one more thing is uh, Roger Penrose is a brilliant mathematician and physicist. He won the Nobel Prize because he dreamed up the theorem that shows all things that are certain size when they squish are going to turn into a black hole. Um, he got the Nobel Prize for that last year. He has taken a very hard to understand and follow mathematical theorem called Gödel's incompleteness theorem, which there are some questions to which you can never find the answer yes or no in math. Okay, so he has shown how that implies that an artificial intelligence machine all, trying to put consciousness on a computer is doomed to failure before you ever start. There is no process that you can write on any computer ever that will tell what you are working on you have achieved understanding. If you don't have understanding, you're not conscious. You're not conscious. No computer can ever write, have a program written on it that will determine when you've achieved conscious, uh, understanding before the, before, the, before the thing is started. It's impossible to write such a program. That means no computer will ever be a conscious entity. Now, they can be approximately conscious, approximately like us. So my personal belief is where our future goes is a marriage between the human mind and its consciousness and machines, which we will interface with, with the neural link. Uh, and we too will become these cybernetic organisms, which are much better, bigger and better and more capable than either of us alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just telling you this, all this kind of consciousness stuff is like everything I'm thinking about now. I, I, I watch her talk to this stuff. And it does in the sky what she wants it to. Mm. <laughs> it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, a lot. What, what comes to mind for you when you when you hear about that or think about that, the consciousness uh, aspect of it? Can I get the question one more time? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's you know we've been talking about consciousness. We've been talking about how uh, and source and uh, the interrelatedness of all things and. Uh, you know, I think you as a, as a psychic medium may be more attuned to this than, than most, maybe more second nature to you than the rest of us who come at, at it from more of a materialist background that we're all kind of like, like cats with a laser pointer, all looking for the UFO and, you know, so fascinated by that. But but you've you've tapped into or you can tap into that deeper layer. And so what does it mean to you or where do you find the greatest source of meaning in, in life? Uh, tapping into that deep, deeper layer? You know, is, it, is it through relationship? Is it through the work that you do? How, how do you find that? I think I enjoy the how pure it is. Hmm. You have to be upfront and with good intentions because they know anyway. Hmm. And I, I don't have to do any rit rituals or anything. I literally just talk to them. I talk to them with with my heart, sometimes out loud, sometimes in my mind, and they hear me. It's, and anybody can do it. And it originally started out that they were, they looked like stars. When we first moved in, they looked like stars. Hmm. And I kept talking to them and asked them to do certain things, and they would. And they did baby steps, so they kept getting closer and closer. Eventually, they were moving our camera for us, 
Because we didn't have it in the right direction. Energy being falls down in a beam, stands up in front of the camera, grabs it, and turns it, and boom, blinks out of his distance. Right in front of the camera. The video is on our data. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the consciousness and everything, it is a big family. That That's what it feels like. Mm. They, if you're having a bad day and need cheering up, they will cheer you up. If you need help and guidance, they will help you. If you can help them, they will take it. It's it's very interesting. Mm. I thought it was just you pray to something and hopefully something happens. Not at all. It's very much like a friend or family. It's mm. interesting. Wow. Uh, hear, hear what she says. Do, so now you have an answer. Mm-hmm. If I'm an alien, why don't I come down and land on the White House lawn? The first thing that would happen is every military and intelligence person would be wanting to come get whatever they've got for technology and turn it into a war machine. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to land on the White House lawn and that? They know ahead of time that's what would happen. They're never going to land on the White House lawn because they don't care about their stupid wars. I'm not saying that all of them are peace and love, but it, the, you'll attract what you are or feel or intend. So, and I'm sure, you know, we were talking about it, like we wonder what types, are there any types that aren't so great watching us? And I think the answer is yes, but I think we're protected and there's much more good than there is anything else. The reptilians woke her up doing exactly what reptilians do, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm. And um, that scared the crap out of her. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand. Nobody was in the house. It shouldn't have been happening. All she knew is something was having sex with her in the middle of the night and was invisible. I, I thought, I was like, am I going crazy? What, what, what's going Because it was literally, it felt exactly like the real thing and that's i wasn't shocked to the point where i i didn't move i mean my legs were closed it was i didn't understand it and then after a few moments i freaked out and then it stopped and i kept that to myself until he for years until i met him and i told him and he goes no a lot of people go through that and that was what you described to me as a reptilian she never heard of it no i never looked into it if i ever saw a craft i like Deb, I just go, okay, there you go, there's one. It was, it was like I had, I like to call it alien Xanax. I did not react at all. Hmm. And then I'd have missing time. I mean, I've seen a craft at night hiding in a cloud, and a helicopter shined a spotlight on it, and this thing was massive. And I saw the detail of the underbelly of it. I mean, it was, I will never forget that. Mm. I forget everything after that I looked at it. I don't remember driving home. I don't. And my friend, you know, you should. You tell that reptilian you come in this bed again, you're going to end up as a pair of cowboy boots and a handbag. You know what I mean? I mean, you've yeah. So I, you know, something really weird happened in the middle of. I don't remember if it was Bob or Lala speaking. I've never had the computer just shut down before. Like literally. It shut. The screen went black. The camera was still on, and then that went dead. And I'm just like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> I was like, "I've never had that happen with my computer before." Wow. So um, that, that was really you should, weird. You should you should live with her. We've had batteries go dead, <laughs> devices things shut off, lights lights turn on and off. It's just a daily occurrence with her. 
If I lived with Lala, I would have that Apple Care plan. So that <laughs> way, when the stuff starts, you know, like I'm not paying for it now, but I would. No. Yeah. All right. So let me know where we're at, guys, because we're at an hour and a half. I don't want to keep you over. I don't think Deb got her topic or Matt. So it's up to you guys. We could do quick hitters. If you guys want to present a a question and we'll make them we'll make them like rapid fire. What do you want to do, Nathan? Yeah, let's do some quick hitters and uh Okay. I'm, okay. I'm sensitive to time here and uh you, you guys have been so gracious with your time with us this you evening have. and uh yeah, so why don't we Deb, you, you got a you got a rapid fire question here you want to want to And rapid fire answers two? more importantly. Mm, so that's that's true. Go ahead. I will do my yeah. best. I guess I yes, was really interested in understanding why it is that experiencers tend to gravitate to each other. Um, Gary Nolan implied there might be a biological imperative there that's sort of uh, hidden to us. That's not so obvious, but it turns out that some people that have the uh, extra white matter uh, in the caudate putamen uh, have it and then end up as couples. And uh, it seems like people who are gifted often get drawn to other people who are gifted. Like, I feel like this protective bond with anyone who has gifts or experiences. So what do you think about that? Let me just let me just say one thing. This question is going to Matt and then it'll go to Lala, Bob, myself and then Nathan. So go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, quick answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> All yes. I can say is up to this point in my life, which I mean literally this exact moment, I have always found others that have shared similar experiences and had like-minded thoughts whenever it came to matters of the unknown and unexplained. Uh, people that I didn't know would just randomly be in situations where they would open up about it. And that has happened time and time and time again. I, why that is, what the actual explanation behind it, the cause, I have no idea, but I firmly believe and to my own self know that experiencers, uh, gifted people, whatever you want to put the label on it, are definitely drawn to one another and something somewhere out there guides them to each other. Thank you. Clearly you have an extended basal ganglia. Uh, Lala, would you, would you entertain that question, please? Um, you know, some people think that we're remembering seeing each other on a craft when we were, some were taken and we don't even know. And it's just like, we're drawn to each other. Uh, I think some have implants and we can kind of feel it without, realizing it i have one in my leg and on her head and i mean i've got proof it's it's weird but anyway i set off metal detectors and i let them i i asked to see and it's like the size of rice and when we went through an airport she told me ahead of time where to look on the monitor <laughs> and it was right where <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> i think it's it's just like a feeling it's like a safety thing i think you know you feel safe with that person it's familiar As you are amongst, if, if you were called weird, I tell this to Priscilla the Quantum Witch all the time. If you, were, if you thought you were weird or people told you you were weird, just look on the screen here. Because we're all, that. you know, you've found your family. We're all that way. Everybody you can see here. So um, we're, you know, who defines the norm? You know, not I. So 
Bob. Uh, okay, I'm your... be, the, the quick yes, version of my answer is uh, I'm going to speak like a scientist again, but quickly. What? How yes, do... like okay. quickly. So I believe in the end that quantum mechanics kind of basically describes the functioning of our universe. And I believe, so people go visit somebody and they have an experience and they come home and they have a hitchhiker. So all of that has said to me from the beginning, like clairsentience in some way, that since it's all kind of a quantum system, when you do these things and interact and we are all brother and sister and we've all been what with each other, we're quantum entangled. And I believe in the end, my intuition tells me that it's going to be a version of quantum entanglement. I love it. Uh, you have not washed the science out of him, Lala. That's all I have to say. Um, you know, I, I, to me, I, you know, it, it's the universal laws of attraction. You know, Nathan once said to me, because it, it, it turns out that his brother, Justin, had a website called birthdayshoes.com that uh, basically reviews all kinds of zero drop and natural shoes that have are the shape of a foot sort of and allow you to, to walk and run naturally. And around 2009 or 2010, I can't remember what year, I started following his website and bought a whole bunch of different shoes that he's reviewed and still am to this day. And I didn't, and Nathan says, it's because you and I are partners now that you perused his website back then. So, I, this, you know, this is, I know. This is, the quantum, this is the quantum erasure from John Archibald Wheeler. <laughs> so, yeah, or you could, I, Deb, I wish I had a better answer for you. The universal laws of attraction. Um, Nathan is probably going to, I'm sorry that I can't entertain this question. Certainly not better than Bob and Lala and, and probably not as good as Nathan's about to. No, I mean, I don't think so. I think you did a great job. I think we are all interconnected. We are, and we are all one, right? As Bob talked about earlier, we are all part of the same thing. Uh, kind of having a, a little bit of an amnesia experience that that we are, in fact, connected in that way. And so, synchronicity and the feeling that you know this person, that you're meant to be with them, or the these are, to me, just hints, little cracks in the in the facade of the world that we uh, think is real that there is this deeper connected connectivity behind it and uh i think it's incredibly powerful and meaningful right when you start looking at the world in this way uh everyone that you interact with er every experience that that you have uh you know carries a whole different weight to it and ultimately, it means that that no one is alone, right? No, no one is, is forgotten. No, no life is left behind. You know, all of the experience is is one and is and, and redemption is a real quality of existence. Uh, I don't know. To me, that's great. Amen. And it's something I need on like a weekly basis. Matt. Uh, Lala, did you have contacts on earlier? Yeah, I did. They were driving Thank you. <laughs> Good question. Thanks. Yeah. That was a great question. <laughs> Thank Bob, you. did Lala have contacts on earlier? No, I'm she just kidding. Blue, Go ahead, Matt. She had, blue, she had blue contacts on, and they drive, drove her crazy because yeah. we have the air on, and they dry it out. Mac. <laughs> hey, man. All this talk about consciousness and reality and everything, I had to ask. <laughs> 
I have shifted through dimensions. I mean, uh, Bob already kind of touched on this earlier about, you know, aliens showing up on the White House lawn, but, you know, a, a throwback to the days of the uh, movie V and subsequent television series. If aliens were to actually, you know, fast forward to the day where an alien race of any kind uh, decides to make actual public contact with humans and everything, as a culture, would we ever be able to trust and accept them uh, just the way we are with our own uh, civilization already? I. This question's going a la la, but Nathan, you know why I'm trying to hold it in right now, right? <laughs> One of Nathan's hypotheses. Go ahead, ma'am. I think. Oh, I can't cuss. Never mind. Okay, so I think people <laughs> can't handle it. I think too much of a good thing would turn into a bad thing for a lot of people. You know, it's 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 not. A, you can't control this kind of a situation. It's. Um, you go. I, I I think that when when they come, the people they're going to interact with, they're going to be selective. Yeah. Those that are capable of handling it, they will interact with them. Those that want to use them or have bad intentions, they will shun them. Mm -hmm. And they have all the power they need to do all of that. Remember, they have these wands and knock people out. They just knock anybody out they don't want to talk to. I mean, we got to remember they're going to be way ahead of us, and just it's just silly to think we're going to take what they have and use it for bad things. They'll just talk to the people they want to. She and I are trying to get ready. He wants to be beamed up right now. I want to go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to come back though, Bob. That's the part I'm worried about. Well, that's what I'm asking for. Go for yeah. a ride and be brought back. Yeah. And Matt, can you just restate the question uh, for me? Yeah, would uh, the human race ever come to a point where they would actually accept a species from another planet and trust them? No, not all of us. You know, I th that question could be as diverse as humans are. Mm -hmm. So there are people now who don't trust other of the same species. Um, you know, that, that say, oh, well, this person is a different color, so they're not me. I, they're not the same as me. Uh, it could be something as, you know, and, and if that isn't stupid enough, maybe even more stupid is this person is from a different political party than me. It's almost like there are different uh, species of the other than human. So you could only imagine that if you were to bring in, if somebody were to land that, you know, doesn't, you know, that projects, doesn't even speak, but projects thoughts as their language and is technologically superior, of course, there's going to be people like us who are going to be celebrating and hoping that they want to come in and, and sort of like have tea and maybe Bob can throw some steaks on the grill. Uh, and then there's other other people that will, won't want anything to do with them. So I, I think that as diverse as humans are, is how di diverse the response will be. Although when you look at the community that you're involved in, that we're involved in, that is we're bringing together this UFO, Bigfoot, and paranormal community that we're attempting to, to join together, I think that community, to a degree, 
and you have you have illustrated some of the differences in the communities, but to a degree we'll be accepting of it. But beyond that, I don't know, Nathan. What do you think? Salt and vinegar, really? I just can't get behind that mm-hmm. chip. We're back uh, to chips again? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, it's the vinegar, man. I just can't smell. It's just never been good for me. Um, yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, a lot. Of, I love these answers. And I, for me, I think in some ways uh, it, it does come back to those that are ready or willing or you know, if the time is right, you know, for, for that experience, then that experience will occur. Um, I think that, uh, you know, intelligent beings that are, you know, kind of higher up in the intelligence ladder from us. Um, I mean, they, they, I'd like to think they know better than we, we do about what those interactions will look like and whether or not they will be beneficial for us or not beneficial for us. Um, but Lala, as you said earlier, not all of them are great. And all of them have good intentions, just like not all humans are great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what those uh, what those kind of clashing of worlds what that what that would look like. I, I'm optimistic. What I would love to see happen is that it catalyzes a change in humanity, that it, it kind of wake us up from our collective stupor. Um, but I don't know. History has not been kind to us in that regard, in in, in those instances that we've had in the past. Well, Ronald Reagan certainly said that he believed that would happen. So uh, I, it, it's possible. Mm. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, you have to hold out hope. Uh, um, you know, it's just very difficult for me when I hear people will look at a person again, you know, and I, I hate to bring up this example of a different skin tone and say that person is not like me. It's like, no, that person actually is like you. It's just they have a different skin tone than you. And so those, you know, I, I, I look at it through that prism, but I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to be more hopeful as you are, Nathan. Debs. So what comes to mind is that we are probably as alien to them as they would be to us. And they do not clearly fully understand us because if they did, they would not be doing things that are scary or horrific to us. Um, and they do. Not all of them, granted. I have to point that out. There's some that are good. Light beings, yay. Thumbs up. But let's be honest when it comes to greys, like that was not a good choice. <laughs> that was never a good choice. The abductions, bad choice. Very bad choice. Um, the covert behavior that might be defensive is still scaring people. Um, and of course, a lot of people are being hurt, which is, you know, something I talk about kind of often now. So if they want trust from us, they're not making the decisions for that. And I think that they will ultimately change their methods, um, especially the good guys. Let's just, you know, give a thumbs up to light beings again. Um, but they're not, <laughs> we're not there yet. That was an amazing answer, Deb. I loved it. Uh, you had a totally different and interesting perspective from us. And I'm thinking, man, we, we have so much uh, ammunition to do a part two with uh, Lala and Bob um, because I have que- uh, questions to ask. But uh, we gotta we got to wrap it up here. You guys, as Nathan said earlier, you've been uh, very giving of your time. Um, and we really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, final comments, Bob, if you have anything. And then we're going to we do our cabbie goodbyes. 
So we could you could comment after that, or if you have something you'd like to say now. No, I'd like to, I'd, I'd both of us probably like to come back, and one of the topics yeah. we would like to tell you is about our ability to use technology married with her ability and other stuff we know about to establish a full-blown two-way communication system with the entities. Ooh, wow. I mean, we already wanted to have you back, Bob. You really didn't need to sweeten the pot. This That's is like we have those... About those egg rolls and then you put the the duck sauce there for us to dip it in <laughs> you know that is really really cream primo duck sauce man that's, it's so creamy. that's the good stuff <laughs> I, I, I love it you guys are that's so much fun. to go with it <laughs> all right let's go with cabby goodbye starting with matt please yeah uh et beat you to the punch on that one bob i, I don't know how to break the news to you uh the old speak and spell and you know, you can't you can't poo poo his invention yet, Matt. You have to at least see it. So. Yeah, anyway. I mean, uh, I'm I'm uh, definitely walking away from this conversation with some uh, some enlightenment, some uh, new approaches to thoughts and uh, ideas and stuff. You you've really got my mind going, uh, which is a very good thing in my opinion. And I appreciate you guys coming on and being so open and transparent with the information. You know, it takes a lot to sit out here in front of everybody and say, you know, some of the things you've said and talk about these subjects. And I think it really uh, helps out people to hear these things, uh, especially people who are going through similar experiences. Uh, and it, it's helped me. So I thank you for that. I want to add just, just specifically for you that Lala and I are part of a remote viewing interaction through Simeon Heim, who is a remote viewing teacher. And the topic of our little group is remote viewing Bigfoot. Oh, wow. And the org oh. group, too. We have an org. Yes. Look, we have been part of an org group that Grant Cameron started. They have been the most amazing collection of beautiful, kind, helping people that I have ever run into in my life. And they have helped us so much understand what we're doing, how we're going. And we have been completely remiss in these podcasts with not thanking them for all they have done for us. So this is the premiere show. Of we will never fail to thank them and bless them again. Namaste. Namaste. Um, the light in me sees the light in you, Bob and Lala. Uh, and I just want to say in the chat, I want to thank you, Av, um, Anani T. It looks like Gaspar74, everybody else who's chimed in tonight. Jules, obviously, the queen of the chat, our friend. And yeah, thank you so much, you guys, for, for hanging in there. And I'm sorry we couldn't get more. There's a lot of material to get through. And, uh, and we didn't even get through it all. So, and that's why we'll have these guys on again. Uh, Debs, if you would, with your cabbie, goodbye, please. Well, I want to say thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come speak with us. Um, obviously, when once you're in our cab, you're part of the family, so we have adopted you. Welcome to cab. Um, thank you. <laughs> and I have a feeling that Lala and I are supposed to have more conversations in the future. I just have a sense. And by the way, I am in Maryland, so maybe we should be doing lunch and dinner sometime. Yes, yeah. yes. Let's let's meet at Conrad's and have crabs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Woo!
And Deb's dad at Dojo as well. I would, uh, her show, which is also on the Cab Network. So, um, Nathan. Man, I want to go to Maryland to have crabs too. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much for, for your time, for your generosity, for your willingness to be bold and share your experiences. Um, I am fascinated by what you've gone through. Uh, and what you both bring to this conversation. Uh, you're a unique combination of individuals and the fact that you are willing to kind of bring your whole self into this conversation is uh, it's really inspiring. So thank you so much. And uh, I'm looking forward to part two. Thank you. So are we. Oh, I was trying to play Chicago for you guys. I was trying to play <laughs> beginnings, but I didn't have this other program up and running. <laughs> Let's see if I can get it. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I I love love and it and so therefore it's just so great to see you guys and uh this relationship and the positivity that between you guys and certainly how you've inspired me, us, uh and everybody else. Bob, you know, obviously you're you know known in the community, everybody knows you and um oh wait, here it is. Do you guys hear it now? No? Maybe not. Oh, I'll make sure I got the right microphone on here. I can hear it. Can you hear it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, but... This is a little, uh, Oh, it's low? Okay, I'm nearly yeah. deaf. I'm nearly deaf. Can you hear oh, it? I hear it now. I hear it now. All right, so <laughs> only the beginning is uh, this song, and very appropriate for, for you guys. It's only the beginning of everything that you'll accomplish together. Uh, once again, we're honored that you would come and join us uh, on CAB. And I look forward to a part two where, because I have more questions I want to get to and get your thoughts on. And um, you guys are just, you just guys just bring such a happy feeling. Thank you so much on behalf of uh, Money Nathan, Debs, Matt, and myself. Uh, we always say peace out. We say one love. We'll see you down the road. And as always, we wonder what's up around the bend. <laughs>